0: Today on CityCast Salt Lake, Utah just captured and released its first ever wolverine, which means hopefully soon we'll find out what the heck a wolverine is up to in Utah. My guest today is Mark Hadley, the Northern Outreach Manager with the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources, and he is answering all of my wolverine questions. It's Thursday, March 17th. 2022. I'm Allie Viarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Mark, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited about this Wolverine, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> we are too. We're with you. <laughs> Can you tell me, like, walk me through how this Wolverine was found?
1: So what happened was... On th- uh, Thursday morning, March 10th, there's an agency, a federal agency, that operates in each of the state's country called USDA Wildlife Services. Mm-hmm. And they were in the air. They had an airplane in the air in Rich County uh, that morning. And uh, they looked at, at one point they looked down, and they can see an animal feeding on a dead sheep. They're like, what in the world is that? So they bring the airplane down a little closer, and it's like, wow, that's a wolverine. There's a wolverine down there feeding on that sheep. So they contacted our agency, and uh, we teamed up with uh, the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food. So a Mm -hmm. trapper from that agency got one of our traps up in a place up in uh, Logan, and Mm -hmm. we brought a trap from our office in Ogden. And come to find out, this wolverine that uh, that day had actually killed or wounded uh, eighteen sheep from a oh. from a single sheep herd up there. 18? And eighteen? Eighteen? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because so a wolverine is is like smaller than a sheep, right? Yeah. Yes, they are. Uh, but boy, oh. I'll tell you, they're vicious little <laughs> they're vicious predators. <laughs> so, so we get up to the the area, and what we did is we, with the help of the sheep herder, uh, who was tending these sheep, who who wasn't there when the attack happened, but he came upon it shortly thereafter, we cleared all of the dead sheep out of there. But we we removed the hindquarters from a couple of the sheep, and we Mm -hmm. put one hindquarter in one of the traps and another hindquarter in the other trap. So if the wolverine came back with all the sheep removed, it would have to go into a trap in order to get a, have a mill. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, we thought the chances of catching this wolverine are very remote because um, there'd been, like, a, the plane had been flying through the area. There was even a helicopter that came buzzing around. Mm-hmm. We really thought, you know what, this, there's, this wolverine's not it's the chances it comes back are very remote but let's try so yeah. we get these traps set well the next morning um sheep herder and a landowner in that area uh they they went ahead and checked the traps for us mm-hmm. uh, early in the morning nothing there no wolverine there mm-hmm. then a little bit later in the morning the same sheep herder who was tending the flock where the sheep were killed. He he went, and decided he was going to go check things out, and so he walked over to where the traps were, and he noticed that the door in one of the traps was down. So mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, my word, what's going on? And he walked over there and he looked in the trap, and there was this wolverine. So so it it did come back, even though there was all the commotion. And so what we did is we brought the wolverine to the um, uh, the Division of Wildlife Resources office here in Ogden, our Northern Region office. Uh, we sedated the animal,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then once it was asleep, we put it onto an examination table, and we did a whole bunch of things. We drew blood, uh, we pulled some hair off, so we'd have some mm-hmm. hair samples from that, and it's DNA from that particular animal. Yeah. Um, so then we took the animal, and we took it up way up on the north slope of the UN Mountains on some public land up there, and then we released it uh, on the evening of Friday, March 11th. Mm. So released it. Oh, and I apologize. One thing I forgot to mention is, is what we had on the, the examination table. We attached a GPS collar to it so we could track it.
0: Hmm. One of the quotes that I've seen circulating a lot, and yeah. this is a quote you put in your press releases, had yes. really nice, I think the quote is <laughs> nice, 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 sharp teeth. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, does, why is that a sign of a healthy Wolverine? One of
1: the reasons they look at the teeth so closely is that is one of the ways that they age the animal, so they give Mm. the the teeth a really good look. They're an animal that preys on other animals. Mm -hmm. The fact that this animal had nice, sharp teeth even though it's preying on animals, other animals a lot, mm-hmm. um, the fact that it had good sharp teeth is an indication that it, it's a good healthy animal. Mm. So it's teeth, even though it's using them a lot to, you know, to prey it. on other animals.
0: To eat 18 sheep. Yeah,
1: yes. An animal whose health maybe wasn't quite as good, its teeth might not look quite as good.
0: Okay, that makes <laughs> sense, that makes sense. Why is it such a big deal? Yeah. that you all were able to capture and tag and put a tracking collar on this wolverine.
1: So, wolverines are a very difficult animal to to gain much information about. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, they're a very solitary animal. They're, they typically they live on their own, so you you don't see them in large groups. Um, they live in, typically live in very high elevation, rugged uh, areas. So yeah. the terrain that they're in, it's difficult, you know, to to try to study an animal in terrain like that. Um, they have really big home ranges, so their home range can be as big as 350 miles. Is wow. is an area that they can that the wolverines will consider an area that big their home which means that they'll move around within that huge area yeah uh they they don't like to stay in one place at, at a time so they're always they're moving a lot mm-hmm. and uh, they're largely nocturnal which means mm-hmm. they mostly move at night okay. so if you put all of those things together you, you find an animal that's very 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 difficult to even see in the yeah. wild, let alone capture one to get a collar on it. Right. Um, this is only the eighth confirmed uh, sighting uh, of a wolverine in the state of Utah, so it's very hmm. uh, rare. Uh, the first of those eight confirmed sightings happened clear back in 1979. Wow. So, you know, it's very rare to even see a wolverine here in the state, let alone, again, capture one and put a collar on it. Mm-hmm. So now, the reason this is a big deal to, is is now we've got a collar on this animal. Now we have the ability to be able to to do a several different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be able to start learning all about the areas that it uses when it moves, how far it moves, what types of you know habitats does it utilize? Uh, we're on the very southern edge of wolverine range here in the United States. Yeah, we're seeing some unique things that this wolverine in this southern latitude is, it does. We know they're here, but we've mm-hmm. never been able to really study them or learn much about them.
0: Yeah, well, I guess my question or. Maybe it's a concern is like, is this Wolverine supposed to be in Utah? Like, do we have any reason to think that it's been driven into Utah as opposed to wanting to be in Utah? And is it going to survive here? You know, I don't believe that the Wolverine was driven here by anything. Um,
1: Mm. This, the higher elevation areas in the state of Utah are still Wolverine habitat. Uh, Mm. And we're pretty certain this Wolverine just made its way here on its own because it wants to be here. And Mm. if it didn't want to be here, it would turn and go, head back north. You know, it would go somewhere to a place farther north where you'd more expect a wolverine to be. So we do Mm. think that it just naturally made its way here. And we do have good wolverine habitat, especially at our higher elevations.
0: What makes a good wolverine habitat? What are some of its survival tactics?
1: They do tend to to be up in higher areas. Um, They eat a wide variety of things. In the summertime, their main food are ground squirrels. Ah. So these, you know, smaller, little smaller animals, uh, you know, birds, Hmm. uh, they will take down bigger animals. Uh, For example, in the wintertime, though, they typically like to feed on um, dead elk and deer, They'll mm-hmm. also take live deer down, especially if the deer are like caught in some deeper snow, and make uh, it a little more easier target for them. Uh-huh. Um, and also, they will eat uh, they will eat plants too if they oh. have to. They huh. they prefer to eat meat, but they will eat like you know roots and fruit, things huh. like that that they find.
0: They sound like me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> I'd rather eat meat, but I'll eat
1: vegetables if I have to.
0: So you mentioned that there have been very few Wolverine sightings in Utah and there were four last year and one of them was a Wolverine out at the Great Salt Lake, which feels again like strange Wolverine territory. Do you all think this is the same Wolverine? You
1: know, we, we don't know for sure on that. I mean, there's definitely a possibility. Let's see. There were three sightings, I believe, last year. There were two: one out uh, at Antelope Island,
0: mm-hmm. one out
1: and in, uh, in the west part of the city of Layton, right on the mm. not too far from Antelope Island. But then that other mm. sighting was way up on the north slope of the Uinta Mountains, mm. uh, where we released th- this latest wolverine. And so, a lot of folks might think, well, it's got to be two ro- wolverines. You know, there was one down low, and there must have been one up higher. Yeah. But they wander over such a large area. We don't know for sure if it was the Mm -hmm. same Wolverine spotted three times or if it was different ones, but there Mm -hmm. is a possibility it could have been. It's just so odd that you'd have a Wolverine in terrain like that. Yeah. And to have, you know, two different Wolverines down in terrain like that would really be odd.
0: Yeah. And what business a Wolverine has with Antelope Island? To me, I'm just like, my mind is blown based everything I've watched about them, which is, I mean, I'm no scientist, but yeah. Hmm. This is a silly question, but when you track animals, do you give them a name?
1: <laughs> you know what? We don't. We, okay. we, the biologists that's typically appropriate. don't do that. I, <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a fun question, though. And I know lots of members of the public do, you know, and that's, that's yeah. awesome that people do that. But no, nah, we, we, uh, we typically don't name them. We might <laughs> have
0: to have a naming contest on the show because I feel like we're going to bring up this wolverine a lot and it needs maybe a name. Oh, yeah, and I sure hope so. I
1: hope that we're able to talk about this wolverine for a long time. The, the, the typical lifespan, the average lifespan of a wolverine is about 10 years. And oh, wow. We, yeah, we estimate the age on this animal at 3 to 4. So we're mm-hmm. hopeful that we'll be able to track this animal at least for a few years and, and get a lot of great information from, from being able to follow it.
0: That's exciting. My last question for you is: Yes. This wolverine was released in the Uintas. Yes. And I can't help but think: okay, I'm out there hiking. It's uh-huh. going to be on my mind. <laughs> what kind of poop am I looking for?
1: Okay, no, it's a trap. Unfortunately, it's very much like a coyote scat. Hmm. And, and coyotes are very prevalent here in the state. So, likely, if, if you were to see the scat I'm about to describe, it's mm-hmm. likely going to be from a coyote. But. Okay. But anyway, right. still keep your eyes open though. But, okay. but the scat of uh, wolverines, it's its um, kind of lo- uh, long and skinny and it'll mm-hmm. have like fur or bone in it. Because they're, mm. you know, they mostly feed on, uh, they're, they're a predator, they mostly feed yeah. on other animals. So okay. so that's something, you know, if you see scat and it has like bone or fur in it, then you mm-hmm. know it, it's come from some type of a predator. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and again, but, but like I mentioned, uh, the scat of a wolverine does look a lot like the scat of a coyote. And that's probably and what you're going to see. But hey, you know, you never know.
0: The mystery's half the fun. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> so we're just, we're very happy. And uh, it'll be very fun to see the things that we learn over time about this animal. Yeah,
0: I share your so. excitement. Thank uh, you so I much can... for being here, Mark. I've really <laughs> enjoyed chatting with you.
1: Hey, I enjoyed visiting with you and I appreciate your interest in this. Thank you.
0: Little more wildlife news before we go i've always had the sense that hitting a deer in utah is a rite of passage it sucks it's awful but it happens one time a deer actually hit me ran right into my car in broad daylight anyways the state of utah wants to do more to prevent this and they're setting aside one million dollars to address the problem particularly near i-80 and i-84. This means we can expect to see more wildlife bridges like the one that crosses Parley's Canyon, which seemed to be a great success. They had more than 700 crossings just last year over that one bridge on the way to Park City. And I've got even more good news for Utah's deer. After a drawn-out process, the Utah Wildlife Board is banning trail cameras used in big-game hunting between July 31st and December 31st. Trail cameras work like home security cameras, so they're heat or motion-censored that awakens the cam and then transmits video of the animal to the hunter. The Wildlife Board also said night vision devices are not allowed within 48 hours of a big-game hunt. I have to wonder how the increased wildlife bridges and the increased hunting rules will affect each other. It does feel like these two things are eventually going to be in conversation. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you to my colleagues Nick and Madeline for filling in while I was under the weather this week. If you like this podcast, I humbly ask that you show us some love in the form of a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Pretty cool place to be a kid. Tons to explore. Yeah, I was a swamp kid.